What's up, everybody? Yeah, Welcome yeah. back to the Blazer Gang like podcast. So excited to have you guys here listening to us. This is actually our 10th episode, a little bit of a milestone uh, in the studio for us. Uh, as always, I'm your host, Boyd Urban, here at Henry V Studios in North Portland. With me uh, in studio, I have uh, my good friend, Brandon Kennedy. How you doing, Brandon? Oh, I'm your friend now. All right. <laughs> yeah, you have, I've officially upgraded you. Yes. Uh, am I on the phone yet in the text? <laughs> I might I'm have not. to keep you in the friend zone, though, so... <laughs> And they got that lovely cough, too, so <laughs> just ignore that throughout the show. And uh, to my right over here, we have the man himself, Dre. How you doing, Dre? I'm back. I'm, I'm fully recovered. <laughs> I'm about 85% recovered from that CJ McCullough uh, shoe release event. So. It was a wild night for us all, I'm pretty was, sure. I mean, we all which, got the, uh, caught the bottle flu that night. <laughs> it might be the reason why we're recording this on Sunday instead on of Saturday, Sunday, if instead we're going to be honest. We had to postpone it today. <laughs> <laughs> well, and also, last but not least, on the phone, we have joining in all the way from Texas, our staff writer, Anish Namburi. What's up? Anish? What's up, Bo? Right now, watching the end of the Rams-Saints game, but I'm ready to talk about Blazers basketball. Yeah, I hope you got some uh, insider scoops there. You're in Texas. Our boy Wade's been balling out there in, in Dallas, so I hope you got some good info on that. Uh, but we'll get into yeah. that. We'll get into that in a little bit. Uh, make sure you guys are following our show and our uh, Blazergonian. We have bl- the Blazergonian website, uh, blazergonian.com. It's where you all you find all our sweet merch. Our brand new Rise Above City Closing has just dropped uh, for our eight-year anniversary. Also, another little congratulations to Dre and Blazer Gang as a whole for the eight-year anniversary. So we'll be dropping a code later in the podcast. It's 25% off. Uh, So make sure you guys are keeping your ears open for that. Uh, Also, if you guys saw that shirt that Nurk's, Nurk's been wearing, everybody's going crazy about, Rip City on the ass, you know where to find it, blazergonian.com. Uh, one little, uh, one more congratulations I want to send out. Uh, actually, before I get into that, make sure we, make sure you follow us on Twitter. We're on uh, Blazer underscore Gang on Twitter. We're on Facebook as Blazer Gang, and we're on Instagram as Official Blazer Gang. Uh, I want to give another congratulations to LaMichael James and Killer Burger for their successful launch of the new location out there in Beaverton, Cedar Hills. Make sure you guys check it out. It's a brand new top of the line, and uh, you know you're going to get a great burger anytime you go into any Killer Burger location. Uh, so let's get into this, guys. We, we were all there. Uh, sorry, Anish. Maybe, maybe not you in Texas, but that shoe release party Friday night. Uh, it's a pretty good time. Packed crowd over at Index PDX. Yeah, all, uh, all the free shoes they're handing out. <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> free drinks though. Yes, lots of free drinks. Shout out CJ McCollum and Lean yeah. for that. Yeah, it was it was definitely a positive environment. You know, a lot of good people, a lot of good networking. Mm-hmm. Uh, just getting to know people's faces and who are they, who are they're with and who they manage in and and just networking. You know, was huge there. So it was it was definitely a good time. Yeah, it's really nice to like put the uh, put the names with the faces, guys you might have heard of or you know right. seen stuff online, seen some of their work online, but actually getting to you know right. shake hands and and rub some elbows with those guys. And I'm gonna put this spicy take on there that I pulled away from the uh, event myself. I went to go talk to um, Rick, the Trailblazer security guard, and when I went to go talk to him, my first thing I said it, I was like. I was like, Shumper didn't want none of you, did he? <laughs> he looked right at me, and he was like, no, he didn't. Nope. <laughs> no, nope, he didn't want that smoke. <laughs> so that was, that was pretty funny, yeah. But it was, it was definitely a good time, man, with Lenin uh, and uh, Index PDX and CJ McCollum. Definitely had a good time. Yeah. Uh, CJ, if you are listening, I'm still waiting to taste some of that uh, McCollum Estates Pinot. Uh, just throwing that out there. I agree. Yeah. Uh, I personally couldn't help but feel like a baller. I mean, I don't get those opportunities that often. You know, walking around, sipping on those Portland mules, yeah. snapping selfies with CJ, no big deal. Yeah. <laughs> MBD. Also, MBD. Bo, Bo, that, uh, that eight-year anniversary, man, is big for Blazer Gang, mm-hmm. man. Like, really, we, we couldn't do it without the fans. Um, every year, Blazer Gang gets bigger, gets better, gets a lot of support from the fans and the players. So I definitely want to throw that out, man, and tell all the fans thank you. Um, I don't know how we'd be able to do it year after year. It's a lot of work, but I don't know how we'd be able to do it without the fans. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what we say here every every day, for the fans, by the fans. The original, yep. yep. Absolutely. OG. We're not here without you guys, so thank you for uh, supporting us through the years and keeping us going strong, and uh, and now we're stronger than ever, I feel. Yep, absolutely. 
so let's get into this. Uh, we had a, a little viral tweet go out the other day. It was a big uh, week for us. <laughs> it was a very big week from the the Nurkic uh, giving us some some props there, and then we had the uh, B Roy versus Lillard. We had the CJ shoe release. Those are three days in a row. A pop, 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 pop. Yep. Uh, but I wanna I wanna throw this question out to you guys. Uh, who wins, Brandon Roy or Lillard? Uh, Anish, let's bring you in, in on this. Um, I mean, obviously, it's very close. Both of them were all-stars every year when they were in the league, pretty much. I think Roy was, what, three, four times. Lillard's been in there four, probably going to be thought. Let's hope. Uh, he should be. If he, um, but to me, when you look at their games, I think defensively it's a wash because at players of their skill level, defense – Good defense is fine, but their their offensive games are just going to be what takes them over the top. So I don't think defense really matters in terms of Brandon Roy's size over Lillard. So when you look mm-hmm. at their offensive game, Roy is bigger and he's uh, more physical, which will help him. But I think Lillard, being the more dynamic player, scoring at all three levels, I think he's the he has the advantage in that. And so I would go with Damian Lillard. But it's got it's really close. You could go either way. You would be wrong. It almost comes down to who gets the ball first or who gets the ball last. <laughs> oh, yeah, that, that, that's a great way of putting it. What about you guys? What do you think? I mean, I have to give it to Lillard as well. I think he's obviously being nice, and he always takes that, that step-back role. I got to appreciate the, you know, the legend here. Yeah, even, even yeah. Lillard said B-Roy would win. Yeah. I'm trying to be humble. I like it. But you know, if you're looking at Blazer careers, I mean, I think what I think I'll pull the stats here, and Brandon Roy is averaging 18.8 points, Lillard 23.4 points. Mm. So it's like again, if offense is the advantage, I mean, you got to give it to Lillard. Yeah. How about how about you, Dre? I'm gonna have to be the oddball. I'm gonna have to go Brandon Roy. Thank you. Uh, Thank Brandon you. Brandon's a few inches taller. He's a lot bigger than. Uh, Lillard. He has that back down game that I don't think Lillard's really ready for. Um, he had that mid-range game also. Uh, I think his mm-hmm. defense maybe may be a little bit better than uh, Damian Lillard. And obviously, we're talking about a healthy Brandon Roy. You yeah, know yeah, what I'm obviously. So, and he was a positive defensive player when he was healthy in, in Portland. So. Right. And so I'm, I'm going to have to go with Brandon Roy. Obviously, Lillard might get him off the dribble here and there, but yeah. I'm going to have to go with Roy. I, I'm siding with you on this. And, and part of this is... Roy has a, a special place in my heart for some of the stuff he, he did in Portland in his short time here. I uh, wish we could have got him for longer, but I'm going to go with Roy. Just uh, He's got a little more size. They're both going to score, and I feel like it comes down to either who has the ball first and last or who can get one stop. And if I had to bet on who would get one stop, I'd probably go Roy stopping Lillard one time, just getting a good defensive set and forcing a bad shot. And, I mean, we're, we're two and two here. We got two going yeah. for Lillard and two going for Roy, and that's exactly how it was on social media. The mm. fans were split. You know? Yeah, yeah, it was really, really 50-50. I saw people <laughs> vehemently defending uh, either or. So, right. I mean, it can go either way. Just, just like Anish said, it's really, really close. Mm-hmm. It almost comes down to who do you like a little more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but but yeah, make sure uh, that that uh, conversation's still out there. So if you guys are listening and you want to chime in, hit us, yeah. hit us up on Twitter and a give lot us of your responses. Yep, a lot of people picked it up. Comcast wrote an article about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bleacher Report did something on it. Yeah, PDXJ had it as his uh, his poll of the day, game yep. day poll. Mm-hmm. So, so it's out there. Make sure you guys are getting in that conversation. We want to know uh, what you guys what you guys think. Uh, I think a lot of the fans, more so than than not, wanted to debate and see the potential of them if they actually played together. They didn't yeah. want us putting them yeah. up against each other. They wanted us to talk about what were the options and what we could have looked like if both of them played on Man, the floor together. That would be unreal. That would be unreal if you had Lillard run point and you had Brandon Roy as your shooting guard or even small forward. Yeah, I mean, you can you can switch it up too because mm-hmm. I think both of them, I mean, Dame showed that he can play off the ball well this year, you know, so I think both of them can play vice versa. Point yeah, guard. and I do remember back in uh, in Roy's heyday, uh, interview with Kobe Bryant, they asked him, who's the toughest guy to guard in the league? And he said, Brandon Roy, because you, you never know what he's going to do. Mm, I, I seen something just the other day, too, where Ron, Ron Artest said that also. Yeah, so that, that's some pretty high praise from a great defensive player in Ron and just a great player overall in uh, uh, Kobe. So, Could you imagine Lillard, Roy, and Nurk? It was like a big three. Yeah. Oh, man. And what, what, if, what if we still had Aldridge, too? Yep. What if we still had Odin? 
Or what if we had him to begin with? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're, yeah, we're getting we're getting a little too uh, down yeah. the road of what yeah. <laughs> Right. But I think if you ha- I think if you have a guy like Roy in our system, I don't know if CJ develops the way he did. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't think CJ comes off the bench hardly at all. Yeah. You know, or I mean, sorry, comes. I think he comes off the bench every game as opposed to starting. Yeah, yeah. CJ's couple of years, I don't think even his first year, I don't think he was getting that much time. I know he uh, had that injury, injury also, yeah. whatever. He, but he blossomed. No, he didn't. He, the, he didn't the, play until uh, West Matthews got hurt. Uh, he tore the Achilles. Mm-hmm. But CJ's season started once everyone left. Yeah, kind of yeah. forced us to kind of Pretty bring much. up the bench a bit. Yeah. So. Pretty much, but hey, uh, we don't even need Odin in that conversation because we've got Nurk, and Nurk's been balling out lately. Yeah. He had the big triple double. I mean, oh, I don't know if I'll call it big. Yeah, it's a triple double. It's a triple double. No, so, it's big. It's a, it's big. It's an accomplishment for a young player like like Nurkic. Uh, and I just want to point out that you know maybe it was a little bit of good luck that he's wearing our gear on the way into the arena that night. And I don't know. I'm just yeah, uh, sure. connecting the dots here. I mean. <laughs> He he wore back to back shirts too. You know, he wore yeah. two shirts that we sent him. You know, even though the first one wasn't ours, it was somebody we're affiliated with. So mm-hmm. I'm wearing them on back to back nights and killing on both of those nights. Mm-hmm. So yeah, some yeah. good luck for you there, Nurk. We'll send you some more. But uh, it's it's interesting because I was uh, I was listening to, to a radio show and they were talking about who who's going to get the first triple double. Who would get a triple double first? It was Lillard or Nurkic, and this was about two weeks ago. And so. Uh, the uh, the argument was, you know, who, they're just they're just debating, and and both of them, I think both of them said one of them said Lillard, one of them said Nurkic, and less than two weeks later, here we are. Nurk's got a triple double, but Nurk uh, is putting up just like legit solid double doubles, mm-hmm. like all the time, like twenty three points, twenty one you know rebounds. I mean, I think it's. I don't have any stats in front of me, but I mean, I know he's putting up these giant double doubles. So yeah, and even when he came, even when he claimed close to oh, the right triple there. doubles, he had mm-hmm. 11, 11, 8, 24, 23, and seven. Yeah, and those were all within yeah. the last week or you know week and a half. Yeah, it seems the last like one or two weeks he's been close to a triple double or in the triple double conversation every game. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's let's look at these stats. He's close to quadruple doubles. Yeah, six yeah. blocks. Yeah, you know, I mean, he's averaging five blocks in these last three games. Yeah, yeah. Uh, is is this gonna stick though? Like, are we gonna? Because we saw this a little bit, you know, when when we, he first came, we saw a, a few weeks of really hot play, and then last season kind of backed off a little bit. So is this? Is this going to stick, or is it, is it going to you know regress back to the mean? Well, I think I think Nurk is kind of fitting back into his body. I mean, he lost all that weight. Mm-hmm. We kind of saw that lesser Nurk play, and now I feel like Nurk is really coming into his, himself. Like he's obviously developed every time he gets in that court as a player. What he's been in the league for what nine years or something like that? Eight years? Nurk? Nurk? You been? I, feel, I, I think I, I thought he's only playing. For like a couple of years, or like for under ten years. Oh, you mean? Oh, I thought you said been in the league. Oh, sorry, he's playing. He's general. playing. Yeah, he's been oh, playing yeah, he's for like playing yeah, basketball. Yeah, 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 yeah for like yeah, eight years. Yeah, total. I get this deer in the headlights like, over I don't here. I'm think like, he's that old. <laughs> I know this is radio. This ain't or this is podcast. This is not good air. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm hoping it can stick. And I, I kind of piggyback off what you said. Like he, he did go through kind of a body transformation last year and kind of changed his game a little bit for it. I feel and now this year it kind of feels like he's understanding what he's capable of and he doesn't have to try and fit in to be a finesse center or something like that because he's still got a little bit of quickness for a guy his size and he can just pound inside and really punish guys like he's been doing. He's only 24, he's been in a league for four years. I Mm -hmm. think that he's really uh, getting getting accustomed to this uh, playing style that Portland has for him and I think that Portland's also getting accustomed to him. And you know, uh, early December or mid-December, he had an interview with... uh, I think the the interview was later, later like January, but mid-December he was sitting at home and he said that uh, he really had to think about his game and he had to reflect on his game and and uh, and really come to the, the conclusion that he has to be him. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. can't nobody turn him into anything else. He has to be him. And I think the stats in them and the, and, and the point guards on the Trailblazers are starting the game off by trying to go through him, mm-hmm. get that inside game going, get his confidence up. And, and and let the let the game play like that. Get him involved. Get him in rhythm. Because you know, especially with a younger guy uh, who, in the past, hasn't had a whole lot on his shoulders. Now they're asking him to be, you know, an all-star caliber center. Uh, you got to find that rhythm early. Because if you go 
uh, you know, even five, five, ten minutes in the beginning of the game, you don't get any shots, you don't get very many touches, you kind of feel off a little bit, you know, until you find that rhythm. So I think it's a, a testament to the Portland team for identifying that and saying, you know, let's get to them right away. Let's get some backdoor cuts. Let's get everybody feeling good. Offense is going to flow from that. Yeah, his points are up this year, 14.9 from 11.2. His rebounding is up from 10, uh, from 7.8 to 10.4. And even his assists, he's been doing great on the assist side. Um, having, uh, I think they were like comparing him to like a, a, a Sabonis, mm-hmm. uh, like last week with the passes and stuff that he has. So his, his, his uh, assists are up from 1.8 to 3.2. Ooh. That alley-oop he had to uh, Jake Lehman, oh, that, was, that was nice. That was beautiful. Yeah, that was that that whole game was just great passing. I think there was something like thirty assists at the end of the game. Anish, what's your take on Nurk this season? Uh, I think he's I think he's taken a great step. Uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be hard for him to continue this level of play because, in my opinion, this is all NBA level play. But I think just a step down. That's still I say that's still all star level cal- caliber play, and that's exactly what this team needs, and that's exactly what we want from Nurk. And I think this year he's found that perfect mix of power and finesse because his first year he was all power, or that first half of the year he was all power. Second, uh, last year, second year, he was a little too much finesse, but I think this year he found the mix of both playing within himself but still uh, trying to throw little pieces of the modern NBA into his game, which I think mm-hmm. he's done a really good job of. Yeah, like he's, he's, you can see he's trying to like fit in with, you know, the more modern style early in the year, he's shooting some threes, but it's just not quite there yet. It needs a little more practice time. So he realized like, okay, shooting 12%. Yeah. But he, but he realized he hasn't shot any in a long time. He's just getting, he's like, I'm going to do my job at the high post and go down the block, Mm -hmm. uh, which is perfect. And one thing I'm excited about is that, uh, we got him on a pretty uh, pretty decent contract for a 24-year-old playing at this caliber because mm-hmm. he's only going to get oh, better. Yeah. Like, and we got him for, uh, it's like 12 mil then, until uh, 2022. So that's, that's yeah, going to look like a steal by the end of that contract because he might yeah. be a max oh, player yeah. by the end. Especially when you look, uh, look at people like Whiteside getting 20 million, <laughs> Andre Drummond, and, and Nurkic is much better than both of those players. That just made me shiver. <laughs> Because I remember when we almost went after Whiteside. Oh, we tried. It just wasn't successful. So, yeah, that's a close call. <laughs> Do you guys think that um, Nurk should be part of the all-star conversation? Uh, yes. I mean, I wouldn't mind throwing him in the conversation, but I think that for this season at least, maybe it's just a little if – if he started off the season this way, of course. But I just think it's like for the all-star consideration, maybe a little bit too late. But I definitely think he's made his mark, and next year people are going to be thinking about him early. You know, now uh, what do you what do you two yeah. think? I think that the like the you know how they have the ten and the eleventh and twelfth spots. Mm-hmm. I have it down to that twelfth spot between him and Carl Anthony Towns. The only reason why I would give it to Towns is because I think it's tough to give a non Golden State team two All Stars. Mm-hmm. But in terms of production, Nurk is ju- is just as up there with uh, Towns, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. How about how about you, Dre? You think he's an All Star this year? Uh, there's there's a lot of good centers in the West, so it's it's hard to say, man. I mean, I would love to see him in it, and if he started the season like he like he's playing now, I would de- I would say yes for sure. But I mean, you got Anthony Davis, Carl Anthony Towns. Mm-hmm. You know, you got other Jokic. big. Yeah, you got Jokic has been playing crazy. Yeah. Steven Adams is having Steven a Adams year. having a great season. You know, so I, I don't know if I can put him over those four centers that we just named. But yeah, you know, if he keeps it up, definitely next year for sure. The thing that makes it tough for like a for a, for a center, especially, is that they took away the center spot, so it's just forwards and guards. So that kind of puts you at a little disadvantage because now he's competing against small forwards instead of just the center position. So. Yeah, and small forwards, you have LeBron, PG, mm-hmm. Durant, and that's just the start of it. Yeah, but to uh, on the topic of all-star votes, let's do a quick check-in here on the uh, voting. Uh, we got Lillard is still sitting in sixth for guards in the West. He's just about 15,000 votes over DeMar DeRozan. So listeners, make sure you guys are going out there and spamming Lillard votes. You can vote on Google. You can vote on Twitter. Uh, make sure you guys are getting on that uh, as we all are. 
make sure we can get him in there. I don't think it's any doubt that he's going to be in because even if he doesn't get in with the uh, you know the fan vote, fake fan vote, yeah, the fake fan vote, the uh, the 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 coaches yeah, and the, the media are going to play him. Yep. There's no way you can't. Yeah. Look, looking at these uh, stats for centers right now, I mean, we even forgot about Marcus All and Rudy Gobert. Mm. You know, so yeah, I, I definitely can't give, I definitely can't give it to Nurk, even though he's he's twelfth on uh, the centers list right now for the whole NBA. I just can't give it to him for uh, All Stars this season. And one interesting thing I about, think, go ahead. Nish. I think him and Gobert are similar in that they started the season a little bit slow, but since mid early to mid-December, they've really picked it up as of late and are now playing like all-star players. And here's, here's an interesting, uh, interesting little fact. I'm looking at the stat sheet right now. Uh, out of all those centers, you said he's 12th. He's at 27 minutes. Everybody else is 30 and above. You mm-hmm. know, Some of these guys, 34 minutes. Clint yeah. Capella and you know, Joel Embiid, they're up 34, 35 minutes. So he's doing it with a limited amount of time as, uh, right. you know, in addition to that, putting up these good numbers. Right, right underneath him is Enes, uh, Enes Cantor, and he's coming off of the bench. Yeah. 26.5. Yeah, so I think, uh, and I'm wondering if, if they're just trying to like maybe Preserve manage him. his minutes a little bit so he has more energy later in the year and Preserve he can really, yeah, really yeah. unleash some, some power. Absolutely. Uh, Another interesting thing about uh, All-Stars is that it's actually in Charlotte, uh, the home of Seth Curry. Mm-hmm. And uh, Steph is going to be playing a three-point contest, but Seth is the best percentage uh, shooting three-pointer right now. So it'll be interesting to see if he can uh, get into the three-point contest in his hometown of uh, Charlotte. You know, his dad was in the three-point contest, mm-hmm. so I think that'll be a good match with Seth and Steph. Yeah, uh, going going battling three point contest. And I I thought I, I saw something that said he he actually somebody asked him about it. He said he he would love to do it. He wants to, he mm-hmm. wants to be in it. Uh, I mean, it's hometown. He's leading the NBA in percentage. You know, he's not scoring twenty five points a night, but mm-hmm. it's a, it's not a scoring competition. It's a shooting competition. Right. So you might as well throw him in. Let him compete against his brother in his hometown. And, and how badass would that be for Seth to beat Steph and come oh, back to Portland man. with that three-point contest <laughs> champion, you know? We might have to have a parade down Broadway. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably going to be the, 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 the suit is uh, Broadway uh, march we'll get. Yeah. <laughs> now, that, that would be really fun to watch, though, just those Absolutely. two in general going at it against each other. Uh, it, it, it'd, be, it'd be almost worth it to, like, have it going simultaneously on both sides of the rim, you know, just right. a, just an all curry battle. Right, right, right. <laughs> one has one color ball, the other one has the other color ball. Yeah. Except, so you can see which one goes in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so moving forward, uh, let, let's get into some more details about uh, some stuff that went down this last week. Uh, Wade Baldwin and Swanigan actually just got called up uh, to come back to Portland, and we sent the two rookies down. Uh, a lot of people like to read through the tea leaves and try and uh, try and see what's going on behind the scenes. What is what are your guys' takes on on the swapping these two guys out? Uh, I think it's a great idea. Not only do you get each of the players who aren't really playing that much, uh, getting them more playing time, more opportunity. Oh, Rams just won. Sorry, uh, they just hit a game-winning field goal. Uh, but uh, they get uh, they get more playing time. But also. Uh, it, they get to boost a little bit of their uh, their trade candidacy and whatever, so they get to audition a little bit for other teams. Boys are trying to make some moves and improve their team. In order to improve their team, they need trade assets. These young guys are some of the best assets we have, even though we don't have a lot. And so giving them the opportunity to shine in the G League, I think, is really important for them on, on multiple levels, both for their personal development and in a front office perspective. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. I, I think that it's uh, definitely beneficial for them as far as confidence too. You know, you don't you're not getting those uh, minutes coming off of the uh, coming on the court, um, or only getting those garbage garbage minutes. You know, it's not really helping your confidence. But he went down there, played six games, started five of the games, and was averaging twenty two point seven points. Um, definitely good, shooting forty five percent from the field. Right. The only struggle that I have with Wade is uh, his three-point percentage, which might not fit in well with the Blazers. So, yeah, he could be a good trade asset because he could be a good uh, point guard, shooting guard on another team. 
Yeah, somebody looking to take a risk on a young point guard. And he's a hell of a defender, too. Yeah. That's his biggest thing is he's he's big on defense. He's yeah. a hustler. He's aggressive. He's a bulldog on D. That's yeah. for sure. You don't want to see him with you know his arms stretched out. He's got that long reach just mm-hmm. clamped down at half court. He's one of those you. types that'll slap the four be- before you come yeah. up. Yeah. Uh, but what about uh, what about Caleb? How how was he doing down there? Do we? Because uh, he was he he went down for a few games too. Yeah, so he looks like he played uh, four games, started three, and was only averaging eight point five points. Yeah, uh, three point percentage looks pretty similar. Eight point five points <laughs> and seven rebounds. Yeah, but uh, can like, I can I go back to Wade for one one, one yeah, second? Yeah, go right ahead. Does, uh, does anyone else uh, think of Wade as kind of like a little bit of a smaller Evan Turner? Because they're not primarily scorers, and they're big guards who are good on defense and can rebound and pass, and then they, they're good at driving the ball, or like they're using their physicality to drive the ball in the, to the hoop. Does anyone else see that, or is that just me? No, I can see it. I think Wade's a lot faster and uh, a lot more accurate with the ball handling. Yeah, I would. I would probably. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Uh, I think Turner's a little more skilled offensively. Like he's not as athletic, uh, mm-hmm. but I think you know he's yeah. got that good ball. And that's handling. more of their body type. And yeah, and it's hard because Et has a huge, huge basketball IQ. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm Yo, saying? Yeah, Et very smart basketball. Right. Player. So I mean that definitely helps him. I don't know if Wade has that basketball IQ yet. You know, what, what do you think, Brandon? No, I, I I wouldn't think so. Even even last year when he had some limited minutes. He, he didn't. He had some decisions where they were a little bit questionable. But yeah, he's still a good young player, young and still can develop. Yeah, I, I'm. Uh, I'm almost willing. Like, if we don't give Caleb any playing time, like we're gonna have to part ways with Caleb. Mm-hmm. I totally think it's agree. just about that time. I was so excited when we got him. I know. And, like yeah, watching him play. Like, of the year. Yeah, during the. Uh, Okay, I can't even think right now. The summer league, summer league, yeah, yeah. yeah. Out. just like, oh yeah, here this is, you know, this is our new savior. He looked like a He's man arrived. about boys. Oh man, and then uh, goes out in the court, does not bring it. Yeah, yeah. so I, I was never the biggest fan of uh, Swanigan. Um, I mean, he's a good, he's a good college player. But I just think he was one of those guys who, if he was drafted ten years earlier, he would have been good. Just because he he doesn't move well at all, even though he's lost weight and got himself into really good shape, he, so just, you, he just can't move on defense. And so you're saying he doesn't? Game. You're saying he doesn't fit today's NBA style of center? Uh, well, first he's like six eight and not very long at all. So he size wise is a power forward, and let's say he played center. But saying, but bad. you said, but you said ten years ago he would have been good. So I'm trying to figure that out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like he, I think he's a lot similar. He's kind of similar to Zach Randolph, don't you think? In terms yeah. of what he does well, I mean, obviously. Zach is Zach skill wise. Zach can shoot. Zach can shoot though. But I, I, I can see where he's going at with like play style. No, not from stuff. three, but field goal wise percentage. I wouldn't. I wouldn't want Caleb shooting inside of the three point range. I mean, he's got a. He's got a. Or if I remember correctly, I thought he's got a decent mid range game. Maybe his field goal percentage is at fifty, but I don't know how close like that was. So to long, the I can't remember. Right? He got a better. He got a better. Yeah, three, it, better three point percentage than uh, Way Baldwin. Impressive, <laughs> impressive stuff. Ouch. That doesn't. That doesn't say much. Yeah, but how, how many three points have he has, has he made? <laughs> I'm actually interested to see the uh, to see the rookies go down there, though. I think I think yeah. Gary Trent would do well. Um, even Anthony Simons, I think he'll do great. But I, I really want to see Gary Trent like come up a little bit because I think that he really has it in him and he, he can get some valuable minutes on his team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Especially I'm, if Harkless can't give any time. I'm excited. Like I might actually watch my first uh, G League games just to see those guys get some run and see what they're really capable of because there's going to be minutes. I mean, Wade's vacating 32 minutes. Uh, Swanigan's vacating 22 minutes. So there's going to be minutes available for them to play. Uh, so it would be cool to see uh, you know what they've been working on, how they've been kind of working behind the scenes to improve themselves. They have a 22-man roster down there. So uh, <laughs> they have 22. 22-man roster. Yeah. Ooh, okay. <laughs> That's and tough to manage. At, <laughs> and the the Texas Legends have some. Uh, they have some good prospects. They have some ballers. They got, uh, absolutely. They got Honest's little brother. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got uh, Justin Batman, who I think he went to uh, Washington. Mm-hmm. Let's 
Yeah, and then, yeah, they got they got some good players. Ray Spalding. Yes, yeah, Ray Spalding. You think you think he played well at Louisville? CJ Wesley. He spent some time in the NBA. Yeah, they have they they have some they have some talent. So it's it's going to be tough for them to like fight, make a mark. But if they if they can get some opportunity, that'll that'll be great for their development. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And like we said, like we talked with uh, with Wade and Caleb, it, it showcases their skills a little bit. So if they do get thrown in in some kind of deal, you know they. It could it could raise their value uh, because they're not just a, mm-hmm. a mystery bench player at that point. At least you got some tape on them. Uh, so yeah, that, yeah, definitely. What what else do we got that happened this week notable in the Blazer world? We have uh, Dame moved into fifth all time field goals for Portland, uh, so that's impressive. I yeah. mean, he's he's been the goal at the field th- uh, field goals uh, mm-hmm. and and the free throw line, but at yeah, the, at his field goals, like he's he's killing it. Uh, he's high field goal percentage um and he does well you know so yeah i'm, I'm wondering like uh how how far you guys think he'll climb you think he'll get to number one uh yeah i mean he has plenty of time here uh it's 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 good just seeing him i mean he's to me it just always seems like he's always breaking a record you know yeah and it's just one yeah, record after another especially uh especially like this last like month or so i feel like every week something happened mm-hmm. you know? the only thing i'm worried about is him breaking his record before his contract expires <laughs> you know because i feel like he wants to be like the best blazer of all time mm-hmm. and i'm like just slightly worried that if he gets to his contract with all those ones you know yeah mm-hmm. i don't know uh, then you just got to go f- go for that, that championship yep. but <laughs> <laughs> well right now he's like he's literally three field goals behind terry porter for fourth and he's 60 field goals out out of third. So like he's going to oh, hit wow. both those in the next month. Yeah. You know, maybe the next week or two. Yeah, uh, for sure week. Yeah. yeah. Um and then he's and then he's got a little bit of distance between the the two and the one which are Aldridge and Drexler. Mm. Uh but yeah, I definitely think he can get there. Uh, I don't see any reason why he would not. Uh he's a consistent scorer throughout his year and throughout his years and he's consistently, you know, more or less healthy. So mm-hmm. What uh, what's next? We got uh, Stotts. Uh, Stotts got his 300th win as a Blazer. Uh, not total. He's got more than that uh, with his stints in uh, was in Milwaukee and mm-hmm. uh, was, assistant was coach for Dallas. Yeah. So, uh, but as as far as being a Blazer head coach, he's got his 300th win. He was also Olshay's 300 win as the as the GM for the Blazers. This um, is. Okay, uh, uh, I'm I'm a little confused why they're giving Olshay credit for 300 wins. <laughs> I mean, I understand that he like kind of built a team, but I mean, does win loss record really do a lot as for GM? I mean, to a certain degree, I think. Gets him a plaque. Yeah, it feels good. Is he put that on his resume? Yeah, yeah, I I see what you're saying, Anish. Uh, But it's just you know, I feel it's more just kind of giving recognition of the of the work that he's put in to to help build the team, Uh, whether you agree or disagree with some of his choices. Uh, It's still an accomplishment. I just think. I just think more than the wins and losses, uh, what players did I draft and develop and who yeah. we bring in and, and, and stuff like that. Yeah, that stuff definitely, uh, you know, in the GM world probably has more weight than direct win or losses. I agree with that. Uh, okay, so last last week we went uh, two and two. I think I, I thought we were going to go three and one. Uh, I think I was one of the more optimistic guys in the room. Uh, what what were you guys? I think at? it was Anish or Brandon that actually said one and three, huh? Yeah, it might. No, that was no, no, no. That oh, was it. That wasn't me. Yeah, I had two and two. Oh, okay. I think it it was. It might have been Wang that said one. Yeah, because I don't think I was here last week, and so, but I know. Yeah, that, I think it was Wang. Hmm. Yeah, but the. Uh, I would have said four, four and up, personally. You Homer. I know. <laughs> but I mean that that loss. I always say four and up. A loss in Denver, three-point loss. Was, that's tough because the same thing happened back here. I don't know if it was three points, but we played them up in Portland, and it was a close game right down to the, the wire, and we just couldn't get it done. And those are like two pivotal games, especially not not just in the playoff race, but in the divisional race, you know, trying to be at top, on top or with the tiebreakers. Mm-hmm. So that, was, that was a tough one to, to swallow for me, especially with Jokic just like playing out of this world in that game. I could see how Portland lost to Denver. Denver's been playing great at home. 
uh, my concerning loss was against Sacramento. We should have came back fired up after that loss yeah. in Denver, and we should have took care of the young Sacramento Kings, and we didn't do that, And which is more concerning that, you know, we got all these road woos. Like, we just mm-hmm. – we're usually a good road team, and we can't figure it out this year on the road. Yeah, it's been like role reversal this year mm-hmm. as far as, like, road and home, uh, which is nice because I like watching wins at home, but – uh, we got to win them on the road if we want to get to where we want to be. Right. Yeah. Especially yeah, in playoffs. Definitely. Yeah. That, that was coming off a of back to back, but still, like, it's a game that we got to win. We beat them already. Nurk killed them the last time we played them and then, you know, didn't have a, that great of a game the second time. Uh, so that, like, that's a little concerning to me, too, mm-hmm. Dre. Uh, but. It was a, it, I, like you said, Bo, it was, it was a really tough back to back. Like, I, I know, like, looking back on it, oh, maybe we should have won, but. It's, I don't think it's, it's concerning at all to lose those to those two teams on a back-to-back. Yeah, and I mean, Sacramento's not the same Sacramento as the past. They're, they're yeah. a, a, they're, know, they're a rising solid team. team. They're the if same they Sacramento we just got done beating. <laughs> <laughs> they're the same Sacramento team we just got done beating. The reason yeah. why I thought it before, for sure, is because Denver just lost to Phoenix Ooh. the night before and Ooh. traveled back. So they were already tired. They just play, I think it was an OT as well. They lost in overtime. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if that was the case. I know they played a long game, and that could have been our opportunity to sweep in, especially coming off a break. I think we had like yeah. one or two days off. We did, yeah. So, I mean, I felt like that should have been, if it was going to come down to the wire, it should have been 13, or 16-13. But, yeah. again, the but Sacramento uh, loss was sucked as well. Our sins were washed away because uh, Nurt came back with the triple-double against Cleveland. Uh, that was a fun, really fun game to watch. I mean, Cleveland, it's a dumpster fire, but it was, it, it's fun to see those games. The, game, the games you know you should win, and you come out and you just kick tail. And yeah, run, I, I think through. he pretty much shut Tristan Thompson down, too. Oh, yeah, he had like four points. Yeah. <laughs> he was a nobody in that game. Yeah. Uh, and, of course, first ever triple-double for the young man. Props to you, Nurkic. Uh, keep him coming. That's all I have to say. <laughs> uh, and then he came back and he played well against Anthony Davis too. Like he had a few yeah. blocks on Anthony. He did, yeah, he did. And that again, that was another really fun game to watch. I know we were watching it over at uh, Spirit of Seventy Seven yep. uh, before the uh, <laughs> sneaker release there at Index, um, and it was packed. It, and it was it was funny because I got there and it was packed. And then as soon as the game ended, it got more packed from yep. all the people leaving the Moto Center. Yep. And I was just like, "Wow, this is wild. Good thing we have a table already." <laughs> Uh, anybody got the stats on that game? Pel- Pelicans game? Mm-hmm. What stat do you want? I'm just curious. Box Yeah, we had like 120 some points or in those last. Yeah, that was a really dominant performance. I really liked what I saw there. I was extremely excited. In the last. So two- Blazers, Blazers side, Aminu 15 and 8, Harkless 12 and 2, Nurkic mm-hmm. 15, 12 and 5, Dame. 24, five rebounds, eight assists. CJ, 20 and six. Uh, six rebounds, three assists. Evan Turner, seven points, 11 rebounds, five assists. Great performance from him. Wow. Layman, of course, had the 20 point explosion. And even Zach Collins, eight, four and four. I mean, it was Listen, everything. It was. I like the 11 rebounds. I like the 11 rebounds, but I need more from ET, man. That's not great performance from him, man. As a, as a facilitator, as the, in that second second string, like I need more than seven points. I, I, he's a he's a rebounder. That's good that he gave us those 11 I rebounds. Mean, seven points is. Re- I mean, when 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 Layman he he was on the floor when Layman was on the court. So I think those so, 20 points. Layman's not getting 20 points every night. I think that kind of took away from it. And I think the thing with ET is he's not, he's never been a primary scorer. Yes, he can score the ball, but his skill has always been he's a big guard and he's, he's in the size of a forward, but he plays point guard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's right. So I, I think that's, that's how you have to take ET. He's never going to be a great scorer. He can do things. He can score and he has skills where he, or he has moves that, that get in buckets almost in, uh, instantly, like his little turnaround. Uh, out of the post up or whatever, but he—I don't think he's ever been a primarily a scorer in the NBA, and I don't think he ever will be, nor should he be expected to be. Yeah, I got to—I uh, got to send a little apology, apology to Jake Lehman because I totally spaced his twenty points in eighteen minutes against the Pelicans. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I was—I was watching that. I was just—I was literally scre- like screaming. I couldn't like, contain I myself. I was so happy. Yeah, no. <laughs> 
Like Not I just, I, I just wanted him to keep shooting. Anytime the, I, he was, it was one of those situations where you know the guy's hot, and I'm just like, give it to Layman, give it to Layman. And he just kept making them. He kept cutting the baskets and getting dunks, and I'm just, I'm like, you know, beside myself with with gleeful joy. You know, when uh, those little kids get like uh, Christmas presents, that's literally <laughs> how I was. You need you running and, around uh, the going, running around the house. <laughs> I ju- I was jumping up a little bit. Uh, but uh, going back to our New Year's resolution, Scott forcing the hot hand. He did a great job of it. That's true. He stuck with him and let and him even, let him roll it out. But did he play him? Did he play? I mean, he he scored the twenty points and then he didn't score no more after that, huh? No. So yeah. what he did is when he when he came back in, Stotts was like, "All right, let's see what you can do now." And he gave him a few shots, but Landon uh, didn't hit him. So Stotts like, "All right," he uh, it kind of passed him over. Mm-hmm. Mm. So I think I think Stotts did a good job that game. With in in that regard, but yeah, the Pelicans win. I thought it was a pretty much flawless, uh, or as close to flawless victory as you could get. Because I thought we had what eight really good performances. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, it was very balanced across the board. Consistent scoring. What is it? Six double figures, and Zach with eight, Evan with seven, as I said, and so it was. I thought it was a great victory for us. Yeah, and then the low turnovers that we've had in the last couple of games also. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Low turnovers, high assists. That's a, that's a recipe for that's success. What, that's what you want to see. Let's get into a, a quick fan question while we got you here, Anish. Uh, you're the, the, uh-huh. uh, the trade guru on Blazergonian.com with your articles. Uh, I know the uh, hot take this last week was – Aaron's, Aaron Gordon and Terrence Ross for CJ and a filler. What's your input on that? Um, I like it kind of. I think it's a good start, but I'm a little, I'm a little concerned about it. I think I would like something else in return, but I think something like CJ and Aminu, I, and uh, let me go to the Aminu thing. The only reason why I would give up Aminu is because Aaron Gordon would take his spot, and I think Aaron Gordon is superior to Aminu in every regard. I think it would just be redundant to have both Aaron Gordon and Aminu, and it gives it gives Orlando something as a something of value along with DJ. So maybe we can get something in return to those two. Mm-hmm. So we're giving up our second best scorer and our best defender for Aaron Gordon and Terrence Ross. I'm not. Uh, I'm not. I, I got someone else. <laughs> I'm not saying it's a perfect trade, but that's a terrible it's, trade. It's a good start. That's terrible. Start. I'm not going. I'm not giving up CJ for nobody but like an Anthony Davis type. Like I need. I don't think. I need a superstar. I don't think CJ's that valued anymore. I think I maybe you undervalue Aaron Gordon, but Aaron Gordon's a very good player. He's a he's not an All Star yet, but I think he could become an All Star caliber player because he's an athletic four. He can shoot. He can handle the ball. He can defend. He, there's not a lot he can't do. Yeah, I, yeah, I think CJ's value. He's, he's pretty young too, though. He's like 23. Aaron Gordon. Yeah. So yeah, that, that's yeah, a big part of it too. I think CJ can control. I mean, be a number one option on point guard pretty much on any team that doesn't already have a superstar point guard. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. For me, it's it comes down to just like. I love CJ. I think he's a great player. Uh, but it just, for me, it's not that I want, I would want to see him go, but it's just more about ba- balancing the roster a little more. Because, uh, yeah. you know, the two guard yeah, system exactly can work, uh, but it's really hard, especially when, you know, your two guards are kind of, you know, very, very similar. It's not like one's a lockdown defender and, and the other's an, an outstanding offensive player. Uh, so I think for me, it's just more about, about finding that balance and maybe shifting. Instead of having that really good two guard, have a serviceable two guard, and then plug in a really good three or a four four man, uh, yeah. just so you have more options. Uh, especially, especially later in the season when teams figure figure you out, it it makes it a lot harder for defensive schemes to plan around. Uh, you know, who's going to be our other point guard? In that, if we give up CJ, uh, Seth Curry, <laughs> Seth Curry, Wade. Well, I mean, bring it in. I mean, still, it's got to be it, it's going to be Evan Turner because he's well, yeah, been the he's been the backup all year. I don't see that changing really. Yeah. Uh, do you guys have any other uh, like ideas on who that might be? Uh, I mean, that's I don't know. The lineup is, that I have here is I say we get rid. Of, I mean, if we get rid of CJ and, and Mo Harkless, 
and then have uh, Aaron Gordon, Amino, Dame, Nurk, and Curry. See, I would Curry almost started. agree with that. I would almost agree with that. But, I mean, I would still have Terrence Ross start over Curry, but that, that's, a, that, that's not that big of a deal. Yeah, I, but I agree But the thing is, both Evan, or uh, not Evan Turner, uh, Aaron Gordon and Aminu are both power forwards. And I don't think they're threes. And a big problem with Gordon in Orlando was that they tried to force him to play the three last year, and he was not effective. Mm-hmm. And I think putting him with alongside Aminu would kind of create that situation again. So I'm a little bit hesitant about that. Yeah, I see, I see. And, and going back to it, Ross is a free agent after this year, so we could uh, just signing someone else that fits the team better, someone like Jeremy Lamb, a great 3 and D guy, and he would be a good option for us to start at shooting guard. Someone like Justin Holiday. I don't know if he's a starter essentially, but we can use that to find someone who fits the team, uh, our mold a little bit better, have a hierarchy of Dame, number one, Merkic, number two, Gordon, number three, and then have two 3 and D guys after that. Mm-hmm. Let's go back to the history of the Orlando Magic. They are known for giving up players for a bag of potato chips. <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to give up CJ and Aminu or Harkless back to them for Aaron Gordon and Terrence Ross. Man, they known for giving up players for bag of potato chips. Why are we not giving them bag of potato chips or two this time? <laughs> I'm know? not saying, I'm not saying we can't ask for anything more. I, I'm not saying we can't ask for anything more. Uh, I'm asking I'm, for I'm anything saying, less. Like, I'm let's not give them CJ. Yeah. Let's give them somebody else. Let's give them a Seth Curry, you know what I'm saying, and somebody else in our first round for Aaron Gordon or Terrence Ross. Yeah, I just don't. I, I think I like I like that, but I think on there and there might there might not be enough value. Uh, Jay, I, Jay, to, I to think make you undervalue Aaron Gordon. I undervalue Orlando Magic because they have <laughs> given us we have given them two they have given us two players for two bag of potato chips, oh, and now we're trying to give them our best player and our best defender. Like I'm not for it. Were they at least okay. organic? I mean, I I, mean, I, 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 I understand organic chips, from, but I do disagree. That's fine. I mean, but this yeah. it, it, I mean. We've done two trades with them. We got what Shabazz Napier, right? Yeah. Uh, we got Shabazz Napier yeah, from like yeah, yeah. for like nothing, like a second round yeah, or something, some money or something. Second. And then we got both Hark- him and yeah, both him and Mo. We got them for absolutely nothing. So now we're gonna go back to Orlando Magic and be like, bam, we got our best players for you right here, and we want your. So hey, you gotta treat your friends they, well, right? <laughs> <laughs> let's say if they uh, threw in. Uh, some uh, like a, a protected first round pick or another asset or something else that are that's a good value. Would then would you do it? It would be more interesting for sure. Definitely, mm-hmm. you know, a first, yeah. uh, definitely yeah, a first I would, rounder. I also wouldn't. I also wouldn't uh, do it as currently constructed, but I think it's close. Mm-hmm. I think maybe like a twenty twenty protected first round pick, something like that, would seal the deal for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, uh, Anish, I know you got uh, more on your schedule to get to, but uh, you got anything uh, you're working on right now for the website or anything you just put out that you want to throw in there? Yeah, I just got a trade article out uh, giving, the, giving the fans a few uh, players that the Blazers could target, something for them to watch out for. I got a piece about uh, zone defense with the Blazers that should be coming out in the next few days. Nice. And before I leave, I just want to give a big shout-out to Wang. He's not there. He's, uh, but his Ram just made it to a Super Bowl, so congratulations to him. I'm sure he's uh, really excited somewhere. Hopefully he's still awake. He's definitely <laughs> not watching it because he's with his parents. So, <laughs> hey, Congratulations to his parents, man. <laughs> Well, then, thanks for uh, thanks for stopping in, Anish. We'll let you get on the run. Uh, hopefully, we can get you back here soon. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Have a good one, guys. All right, Anish. See ya. So make sure you guys are checking out that uh, material from Anish on the uh, website, Blazergonian. Uh, pretty much every two or three days, he's got another great article going out. He really knows his, uh, his stuff. Uh, but I got another question here uh, from the uh, fans uh, out on, uh, on the Twitterverse. Should Portland wait on moves and just rely on chemistry? Uh, what do you got on that, Brandon? I know everybody's talking about trades right now. Yeah. But nobody really talks about just retainment. No, I'm on the trade line. You know, I, I think we need to make some moves. I know that we're doing good this season, but I don't know. We need some energy going to the playoffs, and I don't mm-hmm. think that – I don't know. It's hard for you to just speculate because, again, we're doing so good right now, and I feel like yeah. we're going to make the playoffs. But oh, definitely. Again, to get some, to get some good, to get a good trade or a good trades, just to kind of like 
get established before kind of like that playoff run. I know it's I know that after the you know all star break is the playoff run, mm-hmm. but to kind of that month prior to just the playoffs, just to kind of meld and make sure that we're all locked in, so we can go into a good strong playoff season. But I don't know. I'm on team. Let's make a trade. Yeah, like, and this sucks because I hate being this guy, but I'm on the fence. <laughs> I'm I'm really on the fence because you. Yeah. This kind of happened. We've had this kind of trend the last last couple of years. Uh, you know, we need to make a move, and then we have a pretty decent season. And then it's like, well, do we risk breaking it up, or do we try and keep the core together? And we and we've rolled with the core, and like I said, we're kind of in the same place: third, fourth, fifth in the West, but no higher, no lower. And I'm I'm kind of conflicted as to whether do are we at that point where we just ride it out because contracts are starting to get old. You know, maybe we'll have more flexibility. As a fan, like Drake said, I'm upset. (laughs) We went zero and four in the playoffs, man. You know what I'm saying? Uh, The fans are upset. Like, we need to make a move. There's no more not making the playoffs or first mm -hmm. round exits. Like, fans are really tired of that. O'Shea, fans are tired of that. Got to get to the second round. So we got to, like you said, O'Shea, we got to make the needle move. And the needle got to move. Like, we got to see you make a move and you got to talk about it. Even if you didn't, like, you got to talk about the moves that you tried to make because you don't do that and you, yeah. you keep it real tight-lipped, you know? So the fans, man, are nervous, man. They're concerned. We see it on social media, you know, the lack of interaction. Um, fans fans upset about losing the games that we shouldn't lose and seeing Dame and, and Nurk and CJ hold this team together, you know? It's, mm-hmm. We got to do something different. And that's, that's, my, that's my blunt, bold, honest opinion. I agree because you got you got what two more full seasons of Dame, you know what's going to keep Dame here? I know we like to all think that Dame's you know port, a Portland man, but man he's like anybody else. He wants mm-hmm. that ring, so it's like what's going to keep him here? We have to show progress, and if we're not showing that progress, and we're just staying put and just hoping for the best, it's not good enough. Yeah, that's true. Uh, so I, I think, think any chance you got to make a trade happen. You got the all stars and the thing. The thing that uh, the thing that's frustrating is uh, like during the off season, I was totally on trade team 100. percent Like I said, I'm a little more on the fence now. But during the off season, I was totally on trade team because there were so many options out there to go after. There was the Kawhi Leonard saga. There was the Jimmy Butler issues. There, you know, and going back into the the previous season, there was Paul George. Uh, now it's Anthony Davis. There's so many of these big names out there, but we just we're not seeming to. You know, like you said, maybe we are trying, but it's just there's no We're rumors coming about out. It. We need to hear about and it, and that and that concerns the fans because then we think, oh, Jimmy Butler's available, and we didn't try and get him. We or, think that O'Shea is on vacation, <laughs> but it, mean, you know, you, you see my point. <laughs> and uh, but now it's almost like, well, who is that needle mover that's going to be available now? It's like if we had three or four of them just kind of come and go, and we weren't on the receiving end of any of mm-hmm. it, and now it's kind of like who else is going to be moved at this point that that would really make it a big impact uh that's that's my problem my frustration with it i can't think of anybody can you i mean anthony davis is free agent he's yeah. expected to leave you know what i'm saying the pelicans and so. he's but he's still got one more year left yeah so yeah. he'll be unrestricted free agent this, this summer right uh no i think after this year he has another another contract year Oh, okay. And then he'll be a free agent. And so that's why it's like, this is a perfect time to get him because you have him for a whole year. And it's not just a rental. You'd have him for a whole year to, you know, do the Paul George thing and convince yeah. him to stay. I mean, that is the epitome of a rental, kind of. I mean, <laughs> you have him for the last bit of the season, but, you know, he's definitely here for a year. Yeah. Unless you can convince him otherwise. Well, exactly. That's yeah. what I mean. But, I mean, everybody thought Paul George was going to L.A., and he re-upped for four years in OKC. Mm-hmm. Could buy that ring. <laughs> <laughs> But hey, that that's kind of what you got to do in small markets. You got to take those risks and yeah. bring guys in when maybe they didn't necessarily want to be there, mm-hmm. and then convince them to stay. You know, we'll see. I think we'll see what, what happens in in uh, Toronto. Fans yeah. want to see us take that risk. We took a risk yeah. with Nurkic. I mean, yeah. not really, but you know what yeah, I'm saying. Yeah, we, we got Nurkic for. A <laughs> we didn't know what deal. we were going to get back. Yeah, exactly. From, you know what it I'm was, saying. It was unknown. Yeah, and Mason Plebley was, you know, a good pick and roll guy with uh, Damian Lillard. You but know, but so. he was at his ceiling. Yeah, you know, that's all you're going to get. And so, 
Now we got somebody exponentially mm-hmm. better. Yeah, Actually, we went out and we went out and grabbed Nurkic. So, I mean, it was a little bit of a risk, and we need to see more of that. We want to, you know, go. We can even go after those guys like Nurkic who aren't, you know, performing for their current teams. And, mm-hmm. and hopefully, you know, we can develop here and them here in our type of a system. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, it's funny mentioning uh, Plumlee because I actually uh, saw some, someone on Twitter was claiming that Denver totally won that deal. <laughs> Plumley for Nurkic and a first round pick. So yeah. I'm saying you're gonna you're taking Plumley over what turned out to be Zach Collins well, and Nurkic. <laughs> when did that article come out? Oh, that was an article. That was just somebody on Twitter. Oh, oh. some you know some okay. fanboy. <laughs> so sure. I saw that and Sounds I was like, like real I, I don't think you really actually watch there basketball were, that much. Yeah, there were a lot of people when when Mason first got uh, traded that didn't want Nurkic, but I had seen Nurkic playing and him playing against us, and I already knew kind of what he was yeah. going to bring to the team. You Same know? here. So uh, everybody was high on Mason Plumlee just because he was that community guy. Yeah, and he was a hustle guy. And everybody loves a hard worker, but uh, isn't he I, like the biggest play streak in the NBA? Like mm. most games not missed. I don't know. My, I think it wouldn't surprise me. Uh, but yeah, like I saw the potential with Nurkic, you know, watching his his uh, tape and stuff, and I feel this guy has so much, such more, so much more of a higher ceiling than than Plumlee ever would. So I, I thought that was a great move. Uh, let's get into our next ca- question here. Uh, so Nurk had his triple double against the uh, Cleveland Cavaliers, but was he hunting for his triple double? No. Yes. <laughs> oh, we got no, no and we got yes. Nope. So, uh, a, I, I, ding, 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 caveat. Ding. There's a caveat. Go ahead, Brandon. <laughs> so, for me, I don't think he was stat hunting. I think most of it fell into place. But, I mean, because his prior games, obviously, he's got a strong double doubles. But, like any other player, any player in the NBA, if you see that you're on the precipice of, score, of getting a triple double, of course you're going to stat pack. Of course you're going to get those two assists or those or that one rebound. Of course. Yeah, so he was hunting. But you're going to get those four assists? I'm saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> he was hunting, man. He told Lillard when he was going down the court, you know, that he was going to pass it to him, Lillard shoot. And then Lillard was Lillard said it in like the post game. He was like, "Why is why is Nurkic like telling me this?" And then after he, he got his ninth assist, Lillard looked up at the scoreboard or whatever, seeing that he had the ninth ninth assist. And then so when they got the rebound or whatever on the uh, on the next play, he went down told told Nurkic what to do so he can get the next assist, and he got it because he said he seen players up at the scoreboard ready to check in. Yeah, yeah, and it was a it was a. Three pointer handoff, right? Yep. For yep. that for that tenth assist. So yeah. props to Lillard for knocking down. Yeah, Lillard shot. was like, Oh, I hope this goes in because yeah. they knew that they were coming out. You That's know, a so. rhythm shot. You know, when a shooter knows they're gonna shoot, it's all rhythm. So yeah. he got a little bit of daylight, put it in the hole. I mean, why not hunt though? He wanted it the game before, you know, when yeah. he almost had it. So why not hunt? I don't blame him. You know, I'm I'm dead. If I almost got a triple double, it. I'm doing the same thing. The only thing that, that gets me is when they asked him about it in the in the press conference, and he's like, "Oh, I didn't. I didn't I know didn't nothing know. about like, it. <laughs> like, like really? You didn't know because yeah. you were like directing traffic like a point that's, guard. <laughs> that's dark though. That's the whole team, man. They they try to you know those those uh those good things that they do personally. Mm. You know, they yeah. try to be like, okay, where well, was my teammates to help me out? Yeah, you know, and that's just job. the chemistry of the team. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I like that Dame and, and CJ really kind of instilled that in in like uh, the young guys like Nurk, mm-hmm. you know, getting his mind right and being like, it's not about you, it's about it's about the team as a whole. Mm-hmm. And it shows because anytime you ask Nurkic about his play, like you said, he goes, oh, my guys were finding me. And like, mm-hmm. It's not, it's never, yeah, I was feeling good. Right. Well, sometimes you got to take credit for it, though, yeah. you know, and he did good getting his trouble double worth, whether he was hunting for it or not. All right, so I got a question for you guys here. Uh, are we going to see a second? Nurkic triple double this season. Oh yeah, definitely, of course. definitely, of definitely. Course. You I'm guys heard you, it here first. It might not even be the assist too. It could be the blocks. Dude, that'd be, <laughs> I'm not even sure if that's ever happened. I'm, it probably has. But yeah. The quadruple I mean, double. He, oh yeah. He's been or getting, no, just a triple double with oh. blocks. He's been getting assists. five, five, six. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So yeah, yeah. He's no. He's definitely going to get a couple more triple doubles this season for sure. All right, I, I'm hoping for it. That's for sure. Uh, so let's see. Coming up next week. We've got uh, four games, uh, and after these four games, all uh, three of them on the road, one of them at home. But then we get a nice little break, a three-game, uh, three days off. Uh, but we got Monday tomorrow. Uh, we're recording this on Sunday, uh, the twentieth. But Monday on the twenty-first, we got at Utah. That's gonna be a tough one. I only talked about back. Utah before. 
Uh, mm. Hopefully we don't get our asses kicked. <laughs> yeah. That's all that, I want to see. That Christmas night game. That was brutal. That game, I was with my cousins in Virginia and I'm hyping up the Blazers so much. We stay up late. Whoops. Watch the game at 1030 <laughs> at night. And and that's what we got as a result. And they looked at me like, eh, what? You sure you really like this <laughs> yeah. game? Yeah. So you got a podcast, good, right? The good thing though, <laughs> at, least, at least we did back it up with a Golden State victory a couple nights later. Yeah. So I oh, redeemed yeah. myself. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, that's a brutal back-to-back right there, Monday and Tuesday. Yeah, yeah. Um, if we can go one and one, I'll be happy. Yeah, I, I said I, I can't be a homer this week because again, that's brutal. But I think we, oh, I think we lose to Utah and fired up for OKC. And I mean, mm-hmm. God, if we lose to Phoenix, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, if there's if there's a, a a tankathon happening anywhere in the league, it's Phoenix. So I mean. The, the good news is, you know, we have that really, really fatal back-to-back with uh, Utah on Monday, OKC on Tuesday, who's playing really hot right now. Uh, but then we do get a nice little, a nice little breather. We got at Phoenix, and then home versus Atlanta next uh, next Saturday, mm-hmm. and then we get three days off. So it's kind of like the start of the start of the week is like a big punch in the mouth, and then. You know, every game's hard in the NBA, but you know they're a little bit easier when you're playing Phoenix and Atlanta. <laughs> so get a little bit of a breather. I mean, get, but it is at Phoenix. So. Get two quality wins there, uh, you know, and then and then have three days off to rest. Let Mo ice his knees up and all that, all that good stuff, so we can hit the the, the following week uh, running. You know, uh, but I'm saying. We got to go one and one in those in those back to backs. I don't care which game it is. We got to get one of them, just because of if if we lost both of those, it almost it almost takes us a a, a peg I mean, those down. Those are both division yeah, games, you know. Exactly. So that's, that's if we lose both of those, that's tough. That'd like, be a tough loss. Yeah. Respect wise in the league too. I mean, mm. You lose both of those, it's kind of like, oh, so you guys aren't really on that level then, huh? Mm-hmm. Like uh, you guys ain't getting up for them division games. Yeah, so we got to go one on one, one and one there, and then. Phoenix and Atlanta has to be win. So I, I'm saying three and one. Yeah, I'm saying three and one also. I don't know who we're going to lose to between Utah and OKC, but we got to get one of them and then we'll win, win, win against uh, Phoenix and Atlanta. So three and one for me. Mm-hmm. I'd say if I had to, if, if you had to pick Utah or OKC, which one you think they, they pull off? I'm I going Utah. We, I, yeah, I think we come back and beat Utah after that Christmas night game. Yeah, for sure. After losing to them three time, or twice this season in bad fashion, I don't mm-hmm. think they can. I think they'll have some pride and a little bit of chip, yep. you know, going in there. That is like winning streaks, you know. Like if we beat Utah, it's three games, we, it's three games in a row, right? And if, then if we, we lose OKC, okay, yep. we lose, then we have to start all over again. It's like <laughs> I'd rather you know lose to Utah and then win three games in a row. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then go into you know next week with some you know get get refreshed and hopefully win game four or five. Yeah. Uh, so. Oh, I just want I want to win them all. So there's that. <laughs> 82-game win streak? <laughs> oh, all the games this coming week. 82 games. So uh, I know we, uh, we told you guys about the, um, the discount code earlier in the show, so hopefully you guys are still listening because we're going to drop that right now for you. If you go on to our website, uh, blazergonian.com, use the discount uh, code BGPODCAST, and you're going to get 25% off. Is it 25% off your whole order, Dre? That's twenty five percent off your whole order. Your whole order. So make yeah. sure you guys are getting those Rip City on the ass shirts for you, your friends, your family, your children. Maybe even pick one up for your dog for those long walks at the park. <laughs> uh, but there's tons of other good stuff on there. They got uh, we got new Rise Above clothing line. We've got some nice uh, nice beanies for this cold weather. So keep your head warm. Uh, if you pick something up. Take a picture, put it on, on Twitter, tag us in it. We love to see that kind of stuff. Uh, we might even give you a shout out. Uh, make sure you guys check us up, check us out on the on the uh, Twitter. We're Blazer underscore gang. We got Instagram, official Blazer gang, Facebook as Blazer gang. We're gonna be putting out some some polls. We get you know we got that question of Lillard versus B-Roy. You guys can still chime, chime in on that. We're still responding. And if you guys have any ideas for a, a 1v1 that you want to throw up there, let us know. And maybe we can get into a debate over that as well. Uh, so make sure you guys subscribe to the podcast, Spotify, iTunes. Uh, subscribe, give us five stars, shout us out. We want to hear back from you guys, uh, definitely. 
And before we go, we got to make sure we give a nice shout out to Young Jordan. That's on me the last few weeks, Young Jordan. I haven't been giving you your proper props, but uh, thank you for the awesome intro music and outro music. You guys can check him out on Spotify under Young Jordan. He's got a a good collection of Portland and Blazer-themed music. It's really awesome. Good workout music. Uh, Also, our editors behind the scene, producers, we got Derek, Joey, and Brian always putting in the hard work, uh, making this whole thing run. Uh, and Henry V Events for providing the studio, all the all the awesome equipment. Uh, and last but not least, Killer Burger, uh, always doing us a good favor with these burgers every weekend. Today we had the classic burger. Uh, classic burger. I bet you, you could probably sum it up. Just think of your think of the favorite burger you've ever had. A nice big fat juicy. Throw some patty. bacon on it. You got Don't some bacon. That bacon. You got some cheese. Everything you need. That killer burger sauce. All American burger. You can check it out. You can grab one. Uh, remember, they got a new location out in Beaverton, and uh, and they're all around the uh, Portland metro area, Sherwood, downtown, Moda Center, you know, southeast, everywhere, everywhere, anywhere you're at, you're gonna be within distance of a killer burger. Blazer gang on their ass. <laughs> Thanks for checking out the show. We'll see you next week. We got what you want. We got what you need. Come and light it up, up. Come and join the team. We got what you want. We got what you need. Come and light it up, up. Come and join the team. Blazer gang. Blazer gang. Blazer Blazer, gang, we got what you want, we got what you need, come in.